0: Go Late Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Go down, go down,
1: go down. Hey though. Know. Yeah? What are you dressing up as for Halloween?
2: <laughs> you say that in an all all too sinister kind of way. <laughs>
1: I Well it's supposed to be sinister, I like think. It's supposed to be scary.
2: If I was to dress up Simon, and I'm not a fan of it, because I am a bit of a dry shite like that. I would dress up. I saw this uh, the other day. Somebody was dressed as an electricity bill because they're fucking scary. What are you dressing up for for Halloween?
1: Mm. I don't know. Um, I asked that question without having an answer prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like ghosts, is it?
2: Let's do it. <laughs> Well, hello again, good people. Welcome to Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud original, a Go Loud production, and it is brought to you by Sky. Simon Delaney. Buongiorno. Power, and our still sleep-deprived producer, John Casey.
0: Hello, guys.
1: But he's getting used to it now, are you, Johnny? No. Uh,
0: I, right. st- I still feel quite angry when it's four in the morning, the child... you can't bargain with a, a month old. It's really annoying. Strange that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just... They can't train them or bargain with them or bride them in any way, it's just... Not yet. Not yet, not Not yet. yet. That will come, that will come. And
1: Um, you see, you can train them, and there's all sorts of fecking books you can buy about, you know, sleep training and, you know, trying to regulate the feeds and all that kind of shit. You just go with the flow, Johnny. If the child's hungry and wakes up, they wake up for a a variance of reasons. They're hungry or they're wet themselves. Yeah. You solve both of those problems, normally you'll all get back to sleep. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I have changed nappies in the dead of night, woken up the next day with no knowledge of having done it it's become so yeah. automatic at this point like but, uh.
1: have you got to the point where you've <sighs> done have you, have you had any um any accidents yet in terms of over your shoulder or like a, a Mr. Whippy fucking machine at three o'clock in the morning just when you get everything sorted. Well, uh, the pee has flowed quite freely. And... Excellent, excellent. This is the stuff you, you've tuned in for, folks. This is can, why I, I've subscribed. can I just
2: represent all the listeners who don't have kids? Would you two shut the fuck up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's get on when I get down, right? <laughs> you know what, Ada? We will, yeah. Well, this can, we, can, I, can I start first of all by saying a big thank you to somebody I know, on the show here? Um, I was going to start with a thank you, but uh, you, well, go, yeah. you go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to thank uh, one of our dear listeners, Bill. Oh, Jesus. Now, wait. Now. He's so dear to us. This, this Bill, name. fella. So, Bill is uh, a listener to the show, and uh, Bill, oh, Christ, almighty, am Bill Walsh. There we are. We got there in the end. See, if Simon,
2: if Simon doesn't have an iPad with everything in front of him like they used to give him on the telly, he's fucked.
1: Oh, Jesus, Bill Walsh. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, first of all. Uh, he was obviously listening last week and heard me blathering on about uh, the Larry Sanders show. And uh, waxing lyrical about it, I was indeed, Bill. And he said I was saying on the show last week that I, I'd struggled to ever find it. I could never find a complete box set. And he sent me a little tweet <clears throat> with a link to uh, Amazon where he had found a box set of the entire series uh, for sale. So I went on and I got, I ordered it and it arrived. And I'm now the proud owner of the complete box set of all six seasons of the Larry Sarno show. And it was only about 35, 38 quid. So Bill, thank you from the bottom of my television watching heart. I love you. Keep listening.
2: And I'll echo that thank you because Bill... If you remember, Simon had very unsubtly put it out there. If anyone wants to buy me it for Christmas. So now the rest of us don't have to.
1: No, you don't have to. And if you've ordered them, just keep it for yourself now. Because I I got it. That's great.
2: Well, if there's anything else uh, you need, uh, just throw it out there, Simon. And people will come back with you. You know, I've
1: always liked Mercedes cars, (laughs) um, (laughs) Rolex watches and a possible six week vacation in the Seychelles. If there's any hoteliers out there.
2: I was just watching our producer John <laughs> writing it down as if he's going to go okay I'll get on to some people for you <laughs> yeah, We'll we, we, we watch the tweets there We'll watch the tweets <laughs> Alright so just recap from the top Mercedes cars but only the very top end of the range
1: Ah listen I'll take your handle Okay not there you handle. go folks God, yeah.
2: You heard it and That includes yeah. any any car brand and all I just want to say a quick uh, thank you to our producer John and i got to give some uh, context to this because it won't make a lot of sense but on last week's podcast when we recorded it it was the day before Angela Lansbury passed away. And we had spent a good chunk of our podcast between the three of us and with Brian chatting about TV cop shows and detective programmes. That's right. And one that we mentioned a lot of was Angela Lansbury. And only hours after we recorded it, she died, she passed away. And it wouldn't make sense for that to be heard on the podcast without uh, some reference uh, to her passing. So John got his snips out and did a fine job on cutting out all the bits where we mentioned Angela Lansbury. And no one would have known, but now they know because I brought it up. So I just think we should take a moment to uh pass the marking of Angela Lansbury. Mark the passing even, mm. not not pass the marking. That's a very different thing. Uh Because she was a, a fine actress, not just a course for uh, a fun TV show like Moida she wrote.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. Uh, I think a lot of people are paying very less tributes to her because at the end of the day, she had a career that was like unbelievably long like she was kind of working the whole way like obviously a tv show uh that kind of sticks out for a lot of people but in like so many great films come back to like, obviously the 50s and 60s and seemingly one of the nicest people you could meet and and not to be disparaging you know so i mean i know it's your profession but a lot of actors uh you know away from the i suppose the screen uh you hear kind of stories about maybe prima donnas or d- demands mm-hmm. this and the other but she seemed to be uh really kind of kind and uh so, there's always a time for for people who want to talk to her. A lot of affection for this country as well, which is nice to Yeah, to read. she huge, And she also huge had a huge Irish
1: connection. Uh, she also had a stellar uh, stage career, um, which got mentioned in some of the obituaries, but not, not a lot of them. Um, a lot of people just seemed to mention Murder, she wrote, and that was it. As you mentioned, John, she had a great film career as well, but her, her career on stage. Um, she she reams of awards, Tony's and uh, Olivier nominations. Uh, For me, her standout stage performance was as Mrs. Lovett in uh, Sweeney Todd, Mm. kind of the definitive production of that on Broadway years and years ago, Uh, the cast recording of it is still available where she sings and she's phenomenal in it. She was an incredible actor and she had an incredible career on stage and on screen
2: and indeed uh, in film as well uh, her role in The, the Manchurian Candidate
0: mm-hmm. or
2: manchurian I'm never entirely sure I think it's Manchurian uh, where she plays uh, a very evil and bent woman who uh, hypnotises Frank Sinatra into being an assassin
1: you are to hit him right at the point that he finishes the phrase
2: nor would I ask of any fellow American in defence of his freedom that which I would not gladly give myself my life before my liberty. Is that absolutely clear? R.I.P. Angela Lansbury.
1: Very how much. do you pitch that movie, by the way, and get finance? I am going to do a movie about such and such, and I'm a hypnotist and I'm going to hypnotise Frank Sinatra to be an assassin. Well, I te- Excellent. I, I te- Where do we, how much do you want?
2: I tell you how, because I think it was based, that there was some, mm. some roots or foundations of it being a true story, that that was kind of the uh, some of the stuff they'd get up to in the CIA back in the day to try and... Uh, Uh, Yeah, hypnotize people Mm. to do things for them.
0: They maintain that Bobby Kennedy was assassinated by.
2: Oh, see your hand, see your
0: hand. Yeah, he didn't. He came to after he did it. He had no recollection of the last however many months of his life. Yeah. He remembers being snatched off the street, and uh, next thing he knows, he's killing uh, the president. I suppose elect from Democratic Party. Do you know what?
2: Not to get into conspiracy theories, talk here too much. There's obviously the biggest one in the world is the the assassination of John F. Kennedy. But if you look into the Robert Kennedy assassination, there is many, many uh, very strange anomalies uh, within that that would suggest Sir Hand, Hand could have never fired those shots.
0: Mm. But that's a whole different story. Well, we that's do conspiracy theory some podcast. some some episode. We will and. Yeah, we, we, you could talk about Bobby Kennedy endlessly. And, Stick uh, it on the long finger. Yeah. There's
2: a, a terrific series just about Bobby Kennedy's political life on Netflix uh, if anyone is interested.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, speaking you... about a uh, series that we recommend, the lovely mm-hmm. people at Sky Ireland, who very generously sponsor this show, have recommended what this weekend oh.
2: Gangs of London.
1: Right, mate, yeah, nice one. And you might be like, hey, you you said
2: that to me already. Well, I'm fucking... Sorry. (laughs) I am gently reminding you that Gangs of London Season 2 has just dropped because when we mentioned it, it was coming, but it is there now in all its grissy crime glory, set in the mean streets of London between all these various badass gangs. Like, when when you were a kid, were, were any of you in a gang? Not like the gangs in this TV show because my point being if you were in a gang where you like hung out on street corners these are gangs with guns and drugs and money
1: and you know um, I was in the table tennis club in school that count? <laughs> yes it does the
2: table, the table tennis terrors from Rahidi
1: Kulak Kulak I went to school in Kulak
2: cool oh, oh okay does that make you tougher?
1: Is that like he was cool if you were signing on or Rahini if you were looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were in a fight it was even more.
2: <laughs> well Gangs of London is, uh, is a whole level up from uh, being a bit of a terror in a table tennis club. Um, of course we know Colin Meany was in season one. He's not anymore but you have to find out why if you haven't yeah. seen the show already. Uh, but season two has got a stellar cast and the storyline from the very off is just it's at 100 miles an hour and it's all action and it is all violence as well.
1: That's my viewer discretion. Um, but if you if you haven't jumped in yet, mm. the entirety of season one is also there for your dedication So if like Miss Seven Ado oh, you haven't bothered your ass yet jumping into it, we need to get on this Eighto oh, and get in season one before we start season two.
2: We do, but there's only so many hours in the day that one one can watch. Simon, uh, I've been busy watching shows that we've already previously recommended, and I'm, I want want to mention quickly Munich Games, which was oh, a, re- yeah. a recommendation we brought you uh, four or five episodes ago of the podcast. If you've not watched it yet, there is six episodes there. And it is a terrific, tense, police-slash-terrorist thriller set in Munich on the anniversary of uh, the Munich uh, kidnappings that happened during the Olympics back in the 70s. And I tell you something, lads, by the time you get to the end of it, there's more feckin' twists and turns in this thing. Oh, really? Think line of duty. By the end of it, you're like... I thought you, you you were the bad guys. Oh wait, hang on. You 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 were meant to be the good what? Yeah, there's a lot well, of Well tell it. me honestly then because when you recommended a couple of
1: weeks ago I did series link and I've recorded the entire thing and I haven't jumped in yet. Am I deleting it or am I keeping it? Oh no, you're absolutely keeping it. Delete oh, all the episodes yeah. are strictly
2: come dancing and and um that's oh, yeah. the thing
1: with Ainsley Harriet,
2: you love uh
1: the thing with thing. Ainsley Harriet? know, yeah, yeah, the red with that? the red pepper and yeah, the green pepper.
2: Ready, steady, cook. That's it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. delete gone. all That's that off gone. your box, Simon. Now. That's and, gone
1: uh, years ago. Ryland now presents that. Presents that. Does he? Yeah, he'll be doing the Angelus soon. That lad if they were I mean, the Angelus in in, in Britain. I like Ryland, can Get there first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gangs of London is uh, now available on Sky. Season two oh. and seasons one and two are there. Um, Johnny, oh. you have a little recommendation for us do you this week.
0: I do. Uh, And it's one, again, a lot of these uh, shows I recommend. um, Again, very enjoyable at the time. uh, And then as, you know, the weeks go by, doesn't really kind of pop into my mind too much. This one, though, has, and it kind of ticks a lot of boxes for me, I'm sure it will you guys as well. Uh The last movie stars, and I suppose you can ask yourself, what did you do during the pandemic the lockdown, <laughs> 2020? Probably it's just a very personal question. Just maintain. Just try to maintain. And you
2: know. no, I know a lot of people fell apart. Let's be honest. Okay. okay. Yeah, or got a little bit afraid at the edges. Uh, I totally understand. Some it. of us, you know, ate too much. Some of us drank too much. Um... Some people went down right start crazy yeah
0: and this is what
2: Ethan Hawke did Are you describing yeah. what you did You're no just I'm just trying to cover it. I'm did. just trying to cover and a lot of people um, improved themselves and bettered themselves and went swimming in the sea um, and other people <coughs> cooked I'm just covering all bases here Simon nothing nothing personally <laughs> revealing
1: dear dear. Right, so a lot of artists. Anyways.
0: A lot of artists maybe use the time uh, constructively. Uh, some not so constructively. But uh, Ethan Hawke, um, he did something quite uh, incredible. So there's this guy Stuart Stern, who's a very good friend of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward back in the day. Uh, he was like a good confidant for many years, and he conducted a kind of a range of interviews with Paul, uh, Joanne, and a lot of their friends from around the mid '80s through 1990 for this wide-ranging kind of memoir that was going to be. Uh, was produced by him uh, with the, the go-ahead from Paul hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio uh, and in the end Paul said no I don't want to do this and he burnt all the tapes all gone so you think God what what, what the what hell you Yeah, what happened uh, so they didn't fall out Paul uh, Newman which um, I can get into in a while had a, a change of heart for a variety of reasons namely one that he, uh, he was always a very private guy and just decided a lot of stuff that was discussed he maybe didn't want out in the public realm but Stuart Stern um, journalist that he was he transcribed all of the audio before this happened so one of Paul Newman's daughters got in touch with Ethan Hawke a few years ago and said, look, I have reams and reams of uh, <clears> these transcriptions. Can you do something with it? I know you're obviously a fan of Joanne and Paul's work. So Ethan uh, decides, bright idea, uh, to get all his friends involved. So he has all of this, um, I guess it was a uh, written material. He gets, it likes a Clooney in to kind of do, to voice Paul Newman's parts. Laura Linney in to do Joanne Woodward. And he has likes a Mark Ruffalo, Bobby Cannavale, kind of et cetera, to do like no the... Way. Brilliant. Like George Roy Hill. All those kind of people who were around Jeez. him. Gore Vidal, uh, voiced by Ethan Hobbs. I'm
2: Googling this right away, John. What's Celebs it called? Celebs,
0: friends. Uh, the last movie stars. And that's kind of the the, the the title is kind of what it is. A lot of people would have held their marriage up as, you know, as was the last great kind of Hollywood marriage and that it lasted. Um, they seem to have their integrity to the very end. Um, and obviously their, their careers, uh, both stellar in different ways. But uh, just to get into a few kind of points, when it's, when I started, first of all, this, is it a feature
1: film? Or is it a documentary? It's a, what is
0: it's it? a six part limited doc series. Wow. So you can really I'm immerse yourself Alan. in it. Uh, you can get it on your Skybox. It's uh, it's all there. Um, it's Excellent. all six parts, about an hour each. Incredibly dense, but it's not just a load of talking heads. Uh, generally the, the, the access to the imagery and their back like in all their films it just seems to be uh, completely unfettered everything you would possibly want image wise is in there uh, loads of incredible archive footage as well old interviews um, personally I'm a huge Paul Newman fan yeah. and just it just reminded me of like so much great work he so did so
2: is it all about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward it's
0: about them quite equally uh, And again, but think, solely about it those two, but of course it bleeds into like obviously their family life, their professional sure. careers, the people who would work with them, yeah, uh, and just the general, kind of the kind of the private persona and the public persona and how they kind of melded, yeah, because it's it's very strange. Because when I started watching it, I thought, okay, Joanne Woodward, I know of her, I know she was well respected, but I don't know a whole lot about her actual, I suppose, kind of. And for those who don't know, roles.
2: what was the relationship between Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward?
0: They started working together on a play in the early 50s at the time Paul Newman was married with kids, very young children. Uh, she was from the South. He was from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they got basically very enamored with each other and conducted, I think, a three-year affair before he eventually left his wife and settled down with Joanne. She, and it's kind of strange to think, her career took off massively while his career kind of stalled in the mid-50s. Uh, she won an Oscar in 1957 um, for him. And again, it's kind of, it's interesting you see kind of images of it as well. Brando and Dean, James Dean, were just so ahead of him in the pecking order at the time. He just couldn't get roles. Mm. As Gore Vidal points out, the luckiest thing that happened to Paul Newman was when James Dean, Dean died. Because yeah. he got someone, somebody of their likes me, which was this big star and role, which was James Dean's role. Uh, and his career went from there. But up, up to that time, Joanne Woodward uh, was very much, I suppose the main big winner, but definitely the one who was in the headlines. Um, he was very much her husband, and then of course over time the, the tables turned, they settled down, they had children, and uh, she talks about that very honestly, she said uh, she'd go back, she probably wouldn't have had children.
1: But anyway. And that's there's a dive into the whole... Um the, the the industry they created in terms of the sauces and, and <laughs> it and does the charity does. work <laughs> and all that. Like the money well, they it, raised um, is phenomenal. Barrett's
0: down here in Ireland. Yeah, yeah the, the, the whole New Norman. Wall gang. Yeah, and again they get into that kind of maybe the last couple of episodes because
2: that was in their later life, wasn't it?
0: It was. Uh, I mean, for him, he obviously poured himself into his acting career. Then he got into racing, and something kind of clicked with him. Uh, probably around the time his his son Scott died. Um, where he wanted to kind of give something back or do something and wasn't sure. And someone suggested to him, look, you're not a bad cook. You could just start marketing your, your sauces or whatever you, you think. And he just, he, he laughed the idea off and then uh, tentatively started doing it and started making a lot of profit. But over the years, it's generated hundreds, it hundreds, hundreds of millions in America alone. And yeah, yeah globally, probably billions. But again, all go straight to these uh, uh, very wordy causes to help um, young people. Who are in very wow. precarious situations. It's incredible, but again, that's kind of the last couple of episodes. Yeah. Um. A few quick points. Uh, I know I could, I could talk about this show. Um, you like clearly forever. love it. I, I absolutely adored it. It yeah. had everything for me. Even the music was uh Hamilton Um. who was one of my favourite musicians the singers, formerly of The Walkman. He did all the, the kind of incidental music and a lot of his back catalogue is in there as well. But for someone like Paul Newman, um, for me, like an incredible actor... I would never have associated him with being maybe a high-functioning alcoholic, uh, someone who was bereft of confidence for much of his career. And then you see someone like Joanne, who was just the absolute picture of resilience, confidence, self-belief from the very start. Like She had it in spades from the start. Everyone would have agreed that she was a more natural talent. Um, A lot of her performances, when they show us and kind of talk us through them, they're more committed. um, They're more believable. Like, she really immersed herself in it. Whereas he... Barring films like maybe The Verdict and a few others, he always kind of held something back and a lot of people maybe would have called him on it. And he had a kind of a sheen of kind of coolness to him and he had a sheen of, um, I suppose, uh, honestly, mannered, because a lot of his portrayals are amazing. But when you see the kind of commitment to she shows on screen versus him, he had a lot of, as he kind of puts it, uh, that's kind of small town, maybe inferiority or almost shame that he carried around him and didn't quite let down his guard on screen every time right. but it's it's just fascinating to think that like you have these two people such huge talents kind of you know in tandem getting into the industry at the same time and of course his career takes off massively and her career kind of goes the other way because unfortunately and it is reality for, for women in Hollywood you hit a certain age or a certain section of your career and your roles change suddenly you're not playing the, the wife or the girlfriend you're playing the mother and uh, it's, it's something that she wasn't comfortable with and she kind of ducked out for a while but interestingly, they made 16 films together and he directed wow. a lot of her films. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that the, the kind of, um, not only the, obviously, personal relationship and their marriage, but professionally, they loved working yeah. together and they really sparked off each other. Uh, and you can see a lot of it, again, in the, in the footage and in the, in the films. show shows that she was someone who, I suppose, raised the standards for both of them in, the, in the terms of their, their uh, I suppose, the arts uh, and, uh, I suppose, even their politics as well. Like, she was a very committed individual he was always very tense so had to be talked around for everything, but um, they, they kind of get that across beautifully. Sound like a great couple, don't they? They really were. They sound like two people who... who
2: we're lucky to find each other.
0: Yeah, and you see kind of footage of her, like she'd be on a, a talk show, like even into her kind of fifties and sixties, just knitting. She and they're just talking, like, "What are you knitting?" She's like, "Oh, i just knitting something for my grandson." And she, but she had this kind of unabashed way of like, "Yeah, I'm f- fucking into knitting now, so I'm knitting at this moment while I'm talking to you." Wow. You know, Dick Cavett or whatever she's talking to. Uh, it's just what I'm into, and she's going to dance then in like her fifties and sixties, and there was no end to things she wanted to do in her life. She's still alive, um, uh, yeah. but she's stricken with Alzheimer's, but he kind of he was just he had this confidence issues his whole career, which again I never would associate well, with Paul I'm Heyman.
2: sure he wouldn't be the first of of many great actors iconic actors hmm. actually and you can stretch that out into any other any, any other industry and sports people and all that who on the surface are the coolest, most confident most capable people hmm. but inside it they can be uh, feeling very different to that but that's yeah. it's all about a I guess trying to deal with that internally because outwardly you have to project something very, very different.
0: Yeah, and it's a strange one as well, even during it, uh, Zoe Kazan, like Eli Kazan was a huge influence on both of uh, Joanne and and Paul's careers. Uh, She admits, kind of halfway through it, I've never seen a Joanne Woodward film. (laughs) Not even, like, can't even, she couldn't even name one, Mm. Uh, which is strange because she's obviously signed up to to take part in the project and Ethan Hawke. And again, the intimacy they generate, you think, oh, these Zoom, they kind of break away into these Zoom interviews. Like, how would that work? Would it be a bit kind of hokey? But it actually it, it of course, intensifies. Because it's done during COVID. It intensifies the in- intimacy of it. Like, it really does uh, kind of bring it back to why they're actually doing it. Because a lot of people, including Laura Linney, it's specifically Joanne who had a huge influence on their career, like Sally Field is in it as well. So is
2: it, is it a lot of, is it talking heads or are they like Laura Linney, George Clooney, it's are, scripted. They, are they voicing, this, they're voicing the, these transcripts?
0: Yeah, and they're voicing them uh, in a way that not, not even for a moment you think I'm listening to George Clooney. You think I'm listening to Paul Newman, the dead of night, talking into a voice recorder, pouring out his guts. Uh, what a super!
1: I'd idea. say the hairs are on your neck, John, because yeah.
0: you're clearly a huge, huge fan of. I love. Can I ask you about
1: a uh, favorite Paul Newman performance?
0: Again, he, he's maybe my favorite actor. Is, there's a lot I can see. Aiden, in, 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 in take a breath here, I might bring for well, the punch.
2: I mean, okay, th- there's an obvious one, and it's a film where he eats a load of eggs. But for me, I'm going to go with the towering Inferno because personally, nice. just that film holds very special memories for me. Uh, watching that with m- with my dad when I was a kid, but also um, to watch him and Steve McQueen act each other off the screen because they did not get on, certainly in a professional sense, mm. and down to the pessy differences. Uh, Simon, have you encountered this? Where it's like, who get, whose name is going to be first on the poster? You know, oh, because yeah, yeah. equally Billy. in their heads, well, I'm the bigger star than you. So... Oh, yeah. And you could you could feel that te- well uh, hindsight's twenty twenty but um, you can feel that tension when you watch that film back between them when they when they shared those scenes together. What do we got here, Cappy? Fire started, eighty first floor storage room. This is a bad one. Smoke is so thick we can't tell how far it spread. What about your exhaust system? Well, it should have reversed automatically. It must have been a motor burnout or something.
1: Sprinklers—they're not working on eighty one.
2: Uh, so I'm, go- I'm going to go with that. But I know there's okay. other more iconic Paul Newman roles. Johnny?
0: Uh, I'm probably going to go with one, uh, and again, they, they focus on it really well uh, in the series, The Verdict from 1982. Which okay, so you're not going Cool Hand Luke? I won't. And again, that's p- one of my favourite films. But this performance in The Verdict, because a lot of it, again, is alcoholism and how, again, picture health, you never would have associated someone like Paul Newman with uh, you know a disease like that. No, because
2: certainly in, in the well in I was going to say the early days of his career when he was a man in his 30s and 40s at the height of it
0: mm. he was in savage condition
2: he mm. was and he, he like and I, yeah. I don't just mean thin like he was muscular thin he was
0: sculpted you know. like he yeah. had um, muscular you know. thin i just invented a new description <laughs> of did. someone who's <laughs> yeah he, and, and again they, they don't <laughs> like shows any kind of you know particular fitness routine but i think he was just blessed with great so genes. what was it
2: vodka, because it's less, less calories he or? just
0: it was the he, in the end his marriage basically broke down with Joanne and he was just drinking hard liquor all the time. When basically he was on a project and pressure got onto got too much, and he really, obviously his kids were probably viewed him as an absentee father a lot of the time. He just would go to like hard liquor and she kicked him out of the house. Uh, there's no real spoilers in this. They go tr- through it much great detail. And in the end, they compromised. He said, "Look, just beers from now on, just beers." And wow. that's kind of how they save their marriage it was just beers and that kept him on a, an even keel because before that some of the stories he talks about it, and his drinking and in the midst of making these films because there's, there's and that's one of the reasons I, I picked the verdict uh, there's a f- couple of films he does it in uh, in this thing as well where he breaks up the ice into a sink fills it with water and plunges his face into it he says that was a routine for him because he'd be drinking all night and then he'd go on set. It's no a famous sleep. scene in The
2: Sting, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember watching that going, oh, I'm going to try that.
0: It just <laughs> takes away the puffiness. And he says that was something he used to do all the time. And um, Sidney Lumet said to him when we were making the verdict, he's like, you're not giving me anything. He said, I know you and I know what your private life is like. I've I've heard about it and i I'm pretty sure I know. Do you have a lot of shared issues with this guy? He's obviously a broken down lawyer and a, an alcoholic. And Newman just wouldn't really commit to it. And eventually he did. And a lot of those little things they put in there are how he coped the you know, shows him going into court. You know the the eye drops, two minutes before he goes in, and get himself straight, looking in the mirror. All that was something he used to. So the line all the time.
2: between f- fact and fiction were blurring yes. before your eyes. And in for those Joanne,
0: worlds. the lines were always blurred. She always gave an honest kind of personal performance. For him, it was very hard to get it out of him, and mm-hmm. Lamette really did.
1: And the people who should care for her are doctors, and you and me have been bought off to look the other way. We've been paid to look the other way.
0: People said he was nailed on for the Oscar, and then, of course, fucking Ben Kingsley arrives with Gandhi. I'm sorry, Paul, you're not getting that Oscar. <laughs> uh, but that's what I go for. I'm sorry, Paul. You and them, you you and them, I, them fucking I, sandals,
1: Ben. Yeah. Bastard. Bastard. Simon. I agree with you, Johnny. I think the verdict, but for me, my favourite performance of his is a movie that, again, one of those ones that if you come across, I have, have to watch it, is, uh, is as fast as Eddie Felton, The Hustler.
2: A good shot you know i got a hunch fat man i got a hunch it's me from here on in one ball
0: corner pocket i mean that ever happened to you all of a
1: sudden you feel like you can't miss mm. oh yeah. yeah incredible what film. a gorgeous gorgeous movie the scenes with him and jackie gleason are just beautiful to watch
0: yeah and again he goes into good detail that as well the, the idea that um he maybe wasn't I wasn't taken seriously, but he, he felt that was the, the kind of film that uh, would, would as was put him in people's minds as, you know, um, a real a generational talent. But uh, they talk about that quite a bit. And The Colour of Money, which I think is quite a worthy Yeah, uh, it's not sequel. bad. It's
1: not a bad sequel. Yeah,
0: it looks, the business, obviously Scorsese's there, uh, Tom yeah. Cruise, uh, yeah. able support. But I, yeah, I love The Hustler. I really, you don't come away from it, uh, Simon, feeling particularly good about life or people. <laughs> you don't? No.
1: No. But I love the scenes where he's breaking down, where he's absolutely bollocks. They're playing for days on end, and you know he's winning and he's beaten. He's beaten um, Minnesota Fats, and then mm-hmm. the tides just turn. And those gorgeous moments with Jackie Gleason, he's powdering his hands, and, mm-hmm. you know, giving himself what what they describe as a gentleman's wash. Yeah, you know, and, I love all and, that. And you know, Newman's just sitting there watching him, and he just he just fucking adores the guy. He loves what he stands for. And he, he eventually just breaks them. and but but Newman's collapse through tiredness and they're just eating the cigarettes, and they're they're just bollocks <laughs> to fucking play pool. It's incredible to watch. I wonder how much pool late night pool
2: playing practice they had to do for that. <clears throat> oh, mm-hmm. unbelievable! Or can you, you hire a
1: stunt pool person? I guess you, you can. Imagine.
0: I think Newman. It uh, was pretty. Uh, in, insistent, insistent that that was all him. Uh, wow. And again, so. Like, that idea Simon as well uh, not to go across you George C. Scott says to him when he first meets him says, says you're, like, you're talented but you're a loser you're a born loser and how yeah. that kind of plays out that that's kind of yeah. what does him in it's correct. not even the tiredness it's the lack of core belief in himself whereas mm, Jackie correct. Gleason's character like he just emanates it like he, yeah. he's never been a loser a day in his life
2: well there you go folks in, in real life and other ways if you ever have any self-doubt so did Paul Newman which is pretty uh, crazy, yeah. pretty remarkable comforting isn't it final mention just of one of his later roles because uh, it's just popped into my head there Cars 2 <laughs> how did you know John I'm such a fan uh, Cars 3 was even better um, no uh, Road to Perdition
1: you think I'd give up my son he was betraying you I know Now listen to me I tried to avoid more bloodshed you wouldn't accept that so I did what was necessary but I've always loved you like a son and now I'm telling you leave before it's too late.
2: Just old, a, a, yeah. for one of his later roles when he wasn't yeah. the, the matinee idol guy, he was the, the older mob guy, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. fantastic Anyhow. in that. So tell us what it's called, Where We Can See you, John. The Last Movie Stars,
0: directed by Ethan Hawke, uh, all six episodes you can find uh, in your Sky box Sets section. Um, as I said, it's a yeah. real feast for the senses. I, I'm sure if you any even passing interest in either of those people, you, you'll love it. And it's just a, a great experiment that went basically to plan perfectly on all the people involved. Are, uh, I suppose a uh, top flight. Have as well. you
2: finished it and are you bereft?
0: I finished it probably two weeks ago and I, I did feel genuinely kind of a little like, how am I going to fill that void? It was such a, uh, an enriching experience that, you know, going back to, you know, whatever I'm watching, Fraser, whatever, and I love Fraser, whatever, it's just, it's not the same. You, mm. you want something that's. So if Ethan Hawke
2: uh, walked into the room now, what, what would you say, Tom?
0: I'd shake his hand and just say, uh, from watching that, that looked like a ridiculous ridiculous amount of work like you, you see him and he's obviously interviewing them as well it keeps cutting to him and his hair is different lengths his beard is there then it's not there he looks it's like someone who's had no sleep someone who's you know well re- he just looks like a man who's been through uh, the mill repeatedly to wrangle all of these stars because I'm sure they're even during lockdown their schedules were quite busy and to get what he wanted out of them and his sheer enthusiasm like his enthusiasm is infectious. Even watching it, I'm like, I'm just getting out of my seat going, "Jesus, yeah. Ethan, you're so right." But uh, listen, can we talk about Ethan Hawke for a minute? Because he's he's an incredibly underrated actor. Isn't he? Someone told me I looked like him
1: once, but I didn't see it now myself. Um.
0: I Thanks. Can, no, I can, you
1: know, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Yeah, uh, I gotta, mean, you look like him in the, in the sense that you're, you're, a, you're a man. <laughs> yeah,
2: you are alive. Uh, <laughs> you have ears and a nose. <laughs> oh, um. but I'm dead on the inside. Anyway, that's neither yeah. here nor there. He's Ethan, a phenomenal Ethan actor. Ethan Hawke. Discuss. Um, yeah, so he is a phenomenal actor, but is he becoming more known now as a producer, a documentary well, he, maker, a director? He would have been,
0: um, uh, he's quite regarded, well regarded as a novelist as well. I, Ash Wednesday, uh, again, I read it yeah. years ago, years ago. Um, Talented bastard. I know, and it would have been something that he when i f- probably first time i
1: even clocked him was like dead Poets society is a small role in that and he's incredible in that movie he is the very- emotion he portrays that scene outside in the snow i can still see it when he, they find out that his pal neil has taken his own life and hmm. and he and he just he, he's he's broken absolutely broken and he's trying to break away from the crowd and he drops to his knees and he's he's almost vomiting he's that upset he's phenomenal in that movie can't explain no. it. Todd. It was his father. No, he wasn't. They wanna. Stan was fathered. It's
2: just fathered. can it. Talk. Leave him be. No!
0: Yeah, he's got this kind of, almost kind of cherub-like naivety in his face the whole film, and no, he "Looks nothing
1: like me, then." No. Yeah, that, that innocence. No, no. Yeah, Dude, he's don't. great
0: in that. And again, he would have been in like Reality Bites and a lot of 90s fare. Yeah. I think one of his most underrated films in a film I loved that a lot of people dismiss, Gattaca. I think it was one of the great, oh, yeah. great modern sci fi yeah. films yeah, yeah. himself and Jude Law. Um, he's brilliant in that. Uh, and he Training was.
1: Training Day. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. Well, there was a DUI stop. A DUI stop.
0: Listen, all right, it's good. We were on midwatch. Oh, we who? Oh, uh, me and Debbie. Who's Debbie? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Debbie Maxwell, my training
1: officer. You had a female training officer? Yes, sir. Uh. All yeah, okay. <laughs> right, all right.
0: Training Day—he's so, so good, so good in that, so good in that. So he's good. so good in that. If you yeah. talk about a journey from like babe in the woods to like yeah. you know a guy whose
1: eyes are open to the world mm. around him, like he, he does that. And so you know,
2: well. lads, when we were talking about detective shows last week and films, I don't think Training Day got a mention, did it?
1: Isn't that mad? It's not, and it's a superb movie.
0: Mm. It is. I know Denzel kind of, he, he does kind of eat up the, the terrain a bit in that. Yeah, yeah which which is he
1: stands toe to toe with him. He, he's on screen with yeah. him there and, and he's not blown away by him. I'm going to
2: steal a line that I heard from an interview with Ethan Hawke recently. Uh We've mentioned that Smartless podcast on, on this podcast before and he was a recent guest on it and very much it's put to him by the other, by the mm. three actors who host it, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. They're just like, Ethan Hawke, like, you... I'm paraphrasing, but basically it said you just choose the work you want to do. You're enough. You flick from genre to genre. You're not typecast as any particular thing. You just keep changing, keep switching it up. And he, I, he pretty much agreed and said, "Yeah, I just work on the stuff I want to work on because
1: he's obviously at yeah. that stage where it's he doesn't necessarily need to be." Well, do, that's the dream as a as one for an Hollywood, artist, and one want, for me. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be at that point where you're, you're, you're handpicking. You know, projects and pro- passion projects that you want to get behind and produce and mm. direct and write and create. It's. Uh, but I think that, he's. I think he's phenomenal.
2: Yeah. The other thing that struck me about him, he seems to be. He's married to an actress, isn't she? Yes, isn't he? he? Um, but he, he seems to live a very private life.
0: He was married to Uma. Yeah, he's Herman. not showbiz. And again, I'm sure that's one of the main reasons he wanted to make that see that series, The Last Movie Star, is because of how his obviously marriage and career. The private and the public, with Uma Thurman played out. He doesn't explicitly go into it. You can imagine that was one of the main reasons that the, that was brought to him in the first place. Mm. Uh, even things like The Northman, um, that recent, like again, it's quite an art house film considering the the kind of subject yeah. matter, but a massive big budget action film as well. He's not on on the screen for very long, but again, a lot of performances in it fade from memory, but not his. Mm. He has this kind of I don't know. Uh, I say he's up for anything. Like he'll he's not. You're not going to see him in a, a DC Comics film. I'm sure he's got no interest in well, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe know. A, a villain role or something or a short yeah, piece. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he he does seem to have that thing where, say, he arrives on set. You see a lot of you know, Paul Schrader's films as well in the last few years, and just immerses himself in his role. And then he's on to the next thing. Like he, at yeah. no point to think I'm oh, looking at Ethan Hawke doing another fucking role, or he's mm. he's, you know, he's he's paying the bills here, or he's he's you know, he's he's trying to stretch himself a bit. It, it never feels like that. It's just he's doing uh, an incredible job. Consistently, because he's again chosen a piece of work he wants to do, yeah, and he's choosing
1: just, yeah. interesting projects.
2: All right, well, all round uh, from the guy who made it, Ethan Hawke, to uh, the subject matter, it sounds like a terrific watch. Check it out, uh, it's challenge. made by HBO Max. So, like you say, we'll get that on oh, Sky, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm sure that the amount of money they must have shelled out for just the rights, there's no uh, stone unturned. Like every single film you can think of that, like even soundtrack, interview, it's mm. all crammed in there.
2: Well, they would have saved money on all the Zoom calls not that's, having to hire all the that's cameras
0: that's true that's true
1: <laughs> very true yeah <laughs>
2: can I For give sure. you both a quick recommendation then gentlemen please something uh, a little bit different um from uh, John's one and indeed uh, on on the medium that it comes from, because it's a podcast. It's a podcast I stumbled upon literally yesterday and I came about it, uh, like all good things, by accident. Simon, you're a, a, a fan of uh, sports radio, particularly I know you listen to Talk Sport in the UK and I do listen to it a lot too. Mm-hmm. And you, you regularly appear on it as well, don't you? I do, yeah. So I found yesterday a, a new comedy podcast show which is essentially uh, uh, a send up and a piss take of talk sport it's called Sports Horn and it's (laughs) presented uh, by two comedians who go by uh, the names of Andy, Andy Richardson and Ian Bellies, and they co-host this uh, breakfast show which they describe as the UK's third most talked about sports radio network. That's who they work for.
1: Football. It's a goal. Other sports. It's a goal. News, views, who's going where. Opinions from the pros. I haven't seen him play but from what I've seen he has been brilliant. Authentic noise from the fans. That basic act of humanity was class and I'm a United fan stop band.
2: stop squeezing my leg Ian <laughs>
1: no I mean it please stop it's weird time for all the sport sound that horn
2: there's about three or four episodes of it there and I was driving in this morning to here to do this pissing myself laughing like actually do you know when you snort laughing hmm. and A you sound like an idiot and you look like an idiot I was doing all that because some of the stuff they do on the show uh, is very it's very like talk sport i mean even the guy who does the voiceovers you know talk sport i think they actually got him or it's someone who can who can do do the take on him. and you know also on talk sport it, a lot of their stuff it's uh it's very bloke heavy and even like their sponsors are all you know building companies and uh you know screw fix and all this type of stuff yeah. so they even kind of rip off some of, some of those with um some other uh, they flabby ken's building supplies now he only sponsored that he went out of business in the first show um, poor Ken. Poor Ken. And now they've the, in the second episode I just listened to. They've a new sponsor, and it's uh, a men's grooming device. It's called Men Smooth. So the, the guy, so to launch the product, because this thing, this kind of stuff happens in radio. Like with a new sponsor, you got to give them a lot of love. So they invite a guy called Julian, who's a mute, to come into the studio. He owns uh, Men Smooth, and he's going to demonstrate it on Ian Five Bellies, who's a former footballer turned turned pundit. And so he ends up shaving his pubes on air. Oh, excellent. And Ian, Ian decides uh, that he wants the West Ham crest shaved into his pubic area. Nice. But Julian makes an arse of it and shaves a swastika into his pubes. <laughs> and Ian is, is going on a date that night with his ex-wife, Denise, who he's obsessed with. And now he's got a swastika shaved into his pubes. That's just one of many... Sh- and then, like, they have these... Um, uh, features on the show where like random footballers from the 80s and the 90s pop up. Uh, like there's an episode or a piece of one of the episodes where Tyson Bramble is now making um making uh, honey and he sends oh, a load of it into the studio but a hornet wasp ends up in the studio and ends that's up stinging geez. one of the hosts. Uh, there's another one da- David Healy for former Leeds oh, and good, yeah. Northern Ireland player. Now none of these people actually feature in real yes, life. It's- Uh, David Healy they keep teasing me, and we'll be joined by David Healy who's uh, fronting a very important campaign uh, to save the lives of children rollerblading and then they have this guy pretending to be David Healy going Hi, I'm David I can't do his voice he's got an ordinary I'm David Healy if we can just stop one child coming off their skates and save a life it'll be very important so just like dumb shit like that Love it oh, I love what called Simon you'll really like it. it's called Sports Horn and oh, it's by these two guys guy. um, who go by the name of the Exploding Heads they're a, a comedy oh. duo so there's so you can listen to their podcast but they also do um, stuff on Twitter and on YouTube which is oh, far yeah. more political so they do a, a spoof phone in show and they have this recurring caller who's this uh, guy Colin from Portsmouth who's right wing pro Brexit <laughs> anti-immigration and he's just a fucking idiot and he keeps like just <clears throat> making a fool of himself Check them out on Twitter The Exploding Heads and Sports done. Horn I'm
1: doing that I'm on podcast. the train to Belfast and that's my podcast listing sorted
2: Well let me know if you um if you get some funny looks because you will be laughing out loud, so, Good. Out loud, out loud so, You'll <clears> appreciate <throat> it You'll like it I'll That's, a great,
1: that's uh, a great show and, and it's
2: so well produced and put together like you feel like you're listening to a real radio show that's just kind of oh, yeah. falling
0: apart And do you I feel uh, and again I, I'm wondering probably just you know, people haven't done it as well as these guys have done it but how serious obviously talk sports uh, Sky Sports as well which I've been watching endlessly over the last few weeks mm. those pundits I mean Roy Keane included they take themselves very seriously like they, do, yeah. they really take themselves so seriously well the thing the thing
2: is yes I agree they do but they've a lot of time to fill so you have Jesus. to talk for the sake of talking mm. and, and they kind of send that up in this particular sports horn like everyone's like, oh yeah he's a top 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 player from a top 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 club know yeah. what I mean top guy top guy and it's just you, you can hear Hawks being Jacob or the various other hosts who are on TalkSport it's very it's very accurate in the in the Mickey take of them
1: Yeah, yeah. nailed it in other words Yeah, yeah, yeah Camille, I'll give you a little recommendation then on, on, on a follow on from that there's a great series um, that I came across a, a while ago it's been a couple of seasons over of 2017 I think it started and it stars Hank Azaria you ever heard of this it's called Brockmire he loved The Godfather. Two, three references a game. Here comes the 0-2. And, oh, Michael
2: Corleone says hello. So, folks, two outs, bottom of the fourth. Barzini's a pimp, could never have outfought Santino. That one could be trouble. Spine-giving chase, so is Young. and Oh, look how they massacred my boy.
0: It's something I meant to uh, get into like for the longest time uh, first time yeah. I saw I saw the, the the kind of blurb for I uh, obviously love Hank Azaria. Oh, uh, spoil it for you can you can talk us through but uh, I I'd hoped that it would live up to its billing and d- you obviously feel that it
1: has. Yeah, well I watched the first season of it and I loved it and I I I I've forgotten about it and so I've gone back to it. So it's basically he Hank Azaria plays his former major league baseball announcer. Yeah, and he suffers a very embarrassing public meltdown live on air <laughs> <clears throat> after discovering his wife's cheating on him, and he he goes ape on air, and he 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 was like the number one. Major League Baseball announcer in the country and he's got that great voice, Hank Azari, of course, the king of voices, you know. Mm. And he's at that beautiful, silky sports announcer. But he, he basically, he went from like a multi-million dollar contract with one of the big networks to being fucked out in his arse. <laughs> but um, he decides to reclaim his career and his love life in a small town, in a small town America. He basically gets hired by this fucking third level baseball franchise to call their games because I think it'll be a great... Uh, Coup for them. I found their and, team name,
2: Simon. I'm just googling it.
1: Go for it. Morristown Frackers. It's <laughs> uh, honest to God, lads. It's it's that classic kind of <sighs> Fish Out of Water story. There's there's thirty odd episodes of it there. I've only watched the first season and I really, really enjoyed it. I meant to get I meant to get back into it. Um there's I think there's about four seasons altogether. Yeah. It has a brilliant, brilliant cast, and he, of course, he plays the lead, he plays Brockmire. And just just for the voice alone, but just go on that sports theme. I can't I am not sure where it's available to watch Ada. Um, I, I think it's on Amazon it. Prime. Um but lads get on it if you like Hank's area and you're again like Ada's doing the same with that podcast if it's anything sports related this is brilliant absolutely brilliant so give us your one again Ada because I'm getting on that today so my one is sports horn uh, hang on I wrote down the
2: tagline of it I should remember because it it's, it's only about four Excellent. words sports horn your horn all morn Oh, toy. I love it That's brought good. to you by Flabby Ken's Building Supplies.
1: Excellent. Well, we've all done a little recommendation, but I'd like to finish this speech, gentlemen. So, just your um,
2: your Brockmire is coming up as Amazon Prime.
1: Amazon Prime Brockmire, starring you Hank Azaria. Would you like a little quiz, chaps? Ah, yeah. Go for it. A little television quiz. Is there are five questions. Uh, there is. You'll find out at the end. There are five questions. Each two points for a correct answer. One point if the other person gets it. Okay. Okay. Who'd like to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll venture first, uh, Simon. It's not too difficult, hopefully. Biscuit for a biscuit. John's actually eyeballing me like we're, we're in a stare down okay. here. Okay. Dun, dun, okay. Dun, dun, dun,
1: dun. Question, question number one for John, who would insert sexy quiz music now. Excellent. Nice choice there, John. John, question one for you. Which actor portrayed Inspector Morse? Oh. I was actually
0: thinking about him the other day. John.
2: Uh, I'm actually just for the purposes of the tape. I'm closing my laptop
0: uh,
1: because otherwise I will attempt to cheat. I
0: know so. it's definitely wrong, but it's like John Morrison. No,
1: is the wrong answer. Ada, would you like to have a go for one point? For one point Ada. Uh, I'll,
2: I'll have a go. I, I don't know. I can picture the man. I will say, John MacIntosh.
1: Oh, John Pa. Paul.
2: Ah. Paul. Oh, I wouldn't have got right. it but I, I know his name
1: That's a yeah. cruel question That was a cruel question but that's the level that we're at here okay. gentlemen Zero points uh, sir. Your saw. first question In what year did Coronation Street first air on ITV? Okay Well even if you were to try and bring it to a decade
2: <clears throat> would it be No That's not Well good. I'm I, I, hate, I am, I want I am thinking out loud Nineteen. Six
1: seven six seven six seven. Nineteen seventy-one is the wrong answer. JC, would you like a stab? For I have two answers point. in two answers in
0: mind, and I might go for the earlier one. I'm going to say nineteen
1: sixty. Is the right answer? Shut up. Nineteen sixty is the right answer. And Johnny, f- you've got yourself a point many it's, years ago that? I can't
0: give myself a bonus point But what if, would Ken Barlow have been there from the, from the start? Somewhere? Correct,
1: he's the only actor in this since episode one
2: Haven't I mean, you got a brain in that thick skull of yours? No, what is he, Deidre? Well, I've told you, she's asleep And as far as I'm concerned, she needs that a hell of a lot than She needs you
1: I'm coming in oh, with my <laughs> dead body <clears throat> Second question, Johnny How many episodes of Game of Thrones are there? Oh my God Hang on, why is he getting another
2: question?
0: You go. he go. Oh, oh, that was my. Yeah. Qu- oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I think Aiden might have an unfair advantage here. Sure. Because uh, you always have many, to go first.
1: How many episodes? Stop bickering. <laughs> how many questions? How many questions am I going to ask? How many episodes <laughs> of Game of Thrones were there? Oh, 89. Is the wrong answer, Aido, to steal a point back? 72. <laughs> Se- 74. <laughs> 73 not your fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I go 72 74 and it's oh, the one in the middle
1: Jesus Christ Right, it's I not know. bad for someone uh, who's never watched it your second question <laughs> which British television show recorded the largest audience for a single episode with over 30 million viewers oh I love a question like <clears throat> this which television show or is it, it a wrong. television
2: event you know, because which if it's a British World Cup TV final show, or no Olympic British
1: Games... Listen to the question and all will become clear. Which British TV show recorded the largest audience for a single episode with over 30 million viewers?
2: And I just need okay, the name of the TV so, show. Yeah, okay, so I, I was thinking like Saturday night, like Big Break uh, Noel Edmund stuff. No, it's a, dra- it's a TV show. It's a drama and... It obviously was the last ever episode of it, so everyone turned in to watch it, or else it was one of them massive uh, East Ender Christmas clusterfuck, half the, the Queen Vic died. Jesus
1: Christ, give me an answer, will you? Alright, EastEnders.
2: Is the right answer! Yes! Now can I for a bonus point, was it something to do with um or oh, with the <coughs> couple who ran the pub? I know thousands have ran the pub. Angie and Dan? Yeah.
1: Well, it says it's Not Eastenders Christmas Day, nineteen eighty-six. So you, you, you're all over that, basically. Yeah, I bet it involved Angie and was it Mike, nice. Mike, Angie and Dan and Dirty Dan? Maybe Christmas Edge. This, my sweet, is a letter from my solicitor telling you that your husband has filed a petition for divorce. It also tells you to get yourself a solicitor pretty damn quick. Big Christmas here <laughs> Johnny 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 Is
2: anyone keeping score by the way?
1: Yeah, I am keeping yeah, score I have one point uh, and Ada has two, two this weeks. is question three Okay What is the name of René's wife in Allo Allo? Oh you bastard René uh, René's wife I will watch see so, her standing yeah, there
0: I will watch you. so much of that and not even that enthusiastically in my youth it was just on Yeah, and his wife was always giving out to him. Was she hot? No. Um, It's not Nicole, but I'm going to say it. Nicole (laughs) is the wrong answer. Ado Um, to
1: steal a point. uh, Sophia is the wrong answer. Of course, it is. It's Edith. 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 Oh, Edith! Granny,
2: what are you doing with your arms around Edith? You stupid woman! There was only one thing I could possibly be doing with my arms around Yvette. I am teaching her self defence.
1: <laughs> right, ADO. Yes, sir. ADO, 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 to streak further ahead. What is the name of the prison in the popular BBC sitcom *Porridge*, starring Ronnie Barker? What a great question. Oh fuck, Pentonville is the wrong answer John to steal a point
0: again a show I like a lot and I can't believe I'm blanking on this it's something Scrubs it's not Wormwood Scrubs it's something Scrubs oh fuck
2: well is it a real (laughs) prison Slade 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 prison
1: is the right answer
2: I somehow helped you there I somehow got you where you needed to go with that one
1: HMP Slade is the right answer we've got two questions left gentlemen Johnny are you sitting comfortably not really. <laughs> <clears throat> what color is Thunderbird Two, piloted by Virgil Tracy in Thunderbirds? Jesus, I've no idea. Where have you dug these questions up from, Simon? Oh, they're very, very. Uh, anglo love They're great questions, fairness.
0: Um, <clears throat> that's to me, obviously, Simon. Is it?
1: That's to you, Johnny. For two Uh-oh. points. What color?
0: I think Gato knows. He's looking at me here. He's Loving smug me. look in his face. Maybe that's just his normal look. It's not a poker
2: face, no no no.
0: Red
1: is the wrong answer, Ado for a point. Come on, Ado. Well you say red, you would think one of them silver, so I'm gonna say blue. Green. Oh, oh, man. Man. Oh, Nuts haul hazelnuts. Uh, Ado, it's your turn. Your second that's... last question. Hazel, hazelnut green? What? Okay, second Ready? last question. Okay, right. What is the pub called In Peaky Blinders Where the Shelbys meet Oh I
2: know this, hang on I know this It's um, this, uh, Fuck, 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 fuck Sorry, cut out all those fucks That's I know that, many. I know this And then fuck, fuck, fuck No, I'm only allowed to say five fucks in an episode <clears throat> Contractually Um, It's Oh God, I'm going to kick myself If it's not the Shelby Arms Or the Shelby Tavern Like their name is in the title it's not like the dog and duck or the horse and hound. It's the Shelby Arms.
1: Is the wrong answer, Johnny, to steal a <laughs> point. Uh,
0: I've never seen an episode of it, but I'm going to guess a kind of a classic. Never seen You've never seen an, an episode? think you it. No. Jinx on you, Simon. Have um, you
1: heard this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus,
0: Christ.
2: Oh, Jesus, John. Man.
0: Go home now. Go, Don't go. start with me, Chinatown. Go home
1: now. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. And I'll tell your you, wife Blinders, that you're off
2: so.
0: Daddy Juicy. I'll see you
2: for a few
1: days. Of rage a Chinatown uh, yeah, What's the answer, Johnny?
0: Uh, I'm going to say something kind of classic <clears> Jewish. Maybe um, like the Red Lion or something.
1: Is the wrong answer. The answer, gentlemen, was the Garrison Tavern. Ah, flippity. And you sit in front of us and order fucking water. Is that meant to be a joke? No. I ordered water because I no longer drink alcohol of any kind. Right, last question. We are tied at two points each, gentlemen, so this is all to play for. Johnny. Okay. Who played Queen Elizabeth II in the first two seasons of The Crown? Now, I know don't know this because he's watched this. Claire Foy?
2: Bastard. Is that right? Yeah. Where'd you pull that from? Yeah. Shit, that was where I was going to steal it and win
1: it. Oh, yeah. So Johnny has four points. He's finished with four points. Ado, so you're currently to get this at right. two points. You have to get this right to take it to a tiebreaker. Ooh, 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 ooh. Right, right. <clears throat> excuse me, Ado. Who played Alf Garnett Until Death Do Us Part? Alf
2: Garnet, it's on the tip of my tongue.
1: Yeah, you play it.
2: Yeah, Go away, yeah, go away. Do you know when you know it's it's there, but you just can't? reach <clears> it? You can it's see him so standing in front of you. I can.
1: And I feel. It's
2: any time. clue, any clue. John knows I it.
1: I can't give you a clue. Mm.
2: Why'd you ask me such a tough question? Alf Garnet, okay, oh god, I. Um, mm?
1: You are going to kick yourself. You do know this.
2: I know. I know it. I know. I know it. But I don't That's know it. So therefore, I will. I will say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. What? Well, pick an actor. Any actor. Uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> John.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I hate. I hate. Can, I, can I get the question again, please? Oh, Who this is not mastermind. Who
1: played Alf Garnett until Till Death Do Us Part? It's not Alf Marsden or something, is it? The answer, gentlemen, was Warren Mitchell. Warren Mitchell? Oh, no. And the results are in. Ado, you scored a fantastic two points out of a possible 10. Johnny, you win this week with four points out of 10. Uh,
0: That's great. I... I think that was all UK based in its TV. I think we should yeah. maybe have a US uh, edition. All right, next week. all right.
1: Don't get scared. No, I just, just saying, it was a very good quiz. Very
0: tough. Very
1: yes, tough. I know. That was the whole point. Uh, but it's, it's cast, and the fellow wins a quiz and then gives out to the quiz master. Like, do you know what I mean?
0: No, that was great. I think even you could do that quiz again next week. I probably wouldn't get the money I right. will.
1: Don't you worry. It's coming back next week. Okay, very good. By just remember you have to demand. prepare all those questions again. <laughs> No, oh, no, don't you? So listen, let's recap on this week. What do we have this week from Sky 8-0? Oh.
2: right, from the top, a reminder that Gangs of London Season 2 is right there for you now on Sky Atlantic and indeed on Now. And it's gritty crime thriller that is taking us into uh, new, new crime families, new storylines and new rivalries. And Fantastic. as we all know with crime, it doesn't pay. Except it does in the beginning until you get caught.
1: (laughs) Johnny gave us the brilliant.
0: Uh, The Last Movie Stars, six-part limited doco series and you can get it on your
1: Skybox. It'll
0: be in your your box sets there.
1: Excellent. And uh, you had a podcast for Sato. A sports
2: podcast, a sports satirical comedy podcast called Sports Horn, which is a send-up of Talk Sport Radio and all your other uh, favourite UK-based sports podcasts talk stations um, from two lads who are also known as the exploding heads so I highly recommend you check them out on Twitter and then jump onto your podcast app to listen to Sports Horn but not before you listen to this podcast which exactly. you're, which you're doing right now sports,
1: Staying on the sports theme I gave you Myers starring the brilliant Hank Azaria which is on Amazon Prime What have you learned this week gents? Uh, I think that you are the new
0: Anne Robinson uh, you have a certain level of in terms of quiz masterness, it's something you need to
1: pursue, uh, Simon. I think you know, getting on. Thank you, thank you there. for the career advice. John. Well, then I think hey, there's no.
2: only one way that Simon can wrap this podcast up.
1: No, no. What have you learned this week, son? I Because I, I've learned something, and I'm going to share. It. I learned
2: this week that well, I think the most interesting thing I learned was about Paul Newman's insecurities. Genuinely, that was interesting. So no, 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 funny. Pithy witticism for me, unfortunately. Same as
1: me. I learnt this week that uh, you've often been mistaken for Ethan Hawke, and I can't confirm much like Ethan Hawke on his knees vomiting in the snow. I've seen Ado do that too. Bye.